We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's good, everybody? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are... The fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Fantastic to be here. I get the sense I'm doing a little bit better than you guys today, but that's okay. We will get through it together here over the next four hours, 3 to 7 p.m. Has there ever been a darker weekend in the history of the Palmetto State as far as football goes? than what we are experiencing right now. Folks, you got one head coach who's becoming the newspaper. Okay, he's just becoming newspapers. He's he's becoming baseball before Rob Manfred employed some changes here. Okay, Um, he's, he's becoming antiquated. He's becoming old. He's digging his heels in. He sounds like get off my lawn guy. He's beginning to sound like grumpy old man guy. I've experienced that when I've asked him a question. And you have another coach who is very, very clearly learning on the job, very, very clearly learning on the job and kicking inanimate objects, taking his anger out on inanimate objects. What they did to him, I will never know uh, in the meantime. And you don't need me to tell you which is which, right? You don't need me to tell you who is who and which is which. So... Coming up on the show today and in the next segment, okay, in the next segment, I am going to ask you, how did we get here? What's happened to football in the Palmetto State? You know, I could make a very coherent argument that the best team in the state of South Carolina right now is Furman. I could make that point. All Furman does, all they do is win, 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 no matter what. That's all they do. They go on the road. They kick ace. They take names. Top 10 opponent on the road, an opponent, Western Carolina, that has averaged 60 points a game over their last three games. Hold them to 17 points. Oh, that's, you got that cute little offense? This is what we do with a cute little offense. This is how we roll, okay? So uh, I think think that is uh, is very, very interesting. Um, So... I, I, I and, and I know South Carolina beat Furman, but consider current form. Consider current form of both teams, all right? Who is the best team in the state of South Carolina right now? Also on the show today, we've got a little catch-up with Jim Zoki on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we've got Chris Phillips on the Gamecocks Malfunction Junction coming up at 4.40 p.m., 
Cole Bryson recaps the high school football weekend with us at 5.20 p.m. Along the way on the show today, uh, everyone tells me there isn't a single dominant team this year in college football while I'm calling, while I'm pulling the BS meter on that. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles tush-push, outlawed, legalized. I've got a strong opinion on that. You'll hear it coming up at 4 o'clock on the show today as well. And at 5.40, Diesel and I will give you our playoff four, the four teams who ultimately will make the college football playoff. And do not forget the top five at five coming your way at 5 p.m. this afternoon. Great to have you with us. Know you guys have a ton of choices out there. Here's how you can take part in the show. You can give us a ring at 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E. That's 844-326-3663. And the madworldattractions.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word FAN, and away you go on the show. My friends, this was a very dark day for the Palmetto State's. And, you know, I was I was kind of thinking about how I wanted to address this, approach this uh, when it came to Monday morning. Okay, I've got some numbers. I've got some stats in the next segment that you're going to have to be sitting down to hear. All right. Make sure you're not wearing socks, because if you are, they're going to be blown off. That's coming up in the very, very next segment. Um, Diesel, I took it on the kisser because last week I said I uh, I said to Josh Pate, I said, look, buddy. I love you, but I I don't think I've ever disagreed with you more than you saying Clemson's not going to go to Miami and win Mm -hmm. when Miami craps the bet against Georgia Tech, loses a game they had no business of losing, Uh, when Miami gets bludgeoned and beaten up and bloodied at North Carolina the week before, and Clemson is just sitting there chilling. Clemson essentially had two bye weeks. They had Wake Forest, and then they had an actual bye week, right? I don't know which bye week is easier. A team that scores 12 points or a team that, I don't know, you resting and left to your own devices and thinking to yourself. Um, But Clemson found a way to lose to Miami that somewhat unexpectedly didn't even have its starting quarterback. You know, we sat here, Diesel, on Friday thinking that Tyler Van Dyke was going to be playing for Miami and that Riley Leonard was not going to be playing for Duke. Well, Riley Leonard gave it a go. Tyler Van Dyke did not. And essentially, my, uh, Clemson found a way to lose the football game to a team that had no passing game by virtue of starting an 18-year-old true freshman against them. That is unbelievable. How do you go from almost beating 42-year-old Jordan Travis at quarterback from Florida State? <laughs> How do you go from almost beating him to losing to an 18-year-old with peach fuzz on his cheeks? How does that happen? Yeah, they... You know, bad teams that are talented, you you can have talent and still be a bad football team, right? Those talented football teams with bad coaching, bad cohesion, bad chemistry, bad whatever, find ways to lose football games. That's where Clemson is right now. It's also where App State is right now. They found a way to lose a game against Old Dominion that they should have won. It sucks. It's so frustrating as a fan to know that you can, you've got talent. At least with Clemson, you can look at the star ratings of these players and say, oh, this guy's a five-star, this guy's a four-star, this guy's a five-star. We should have more talent than the other team. Why are we not easily beating that team? That's cohesion. That's coaching. 
That's something's wrong inside that locker room. Well, there, yeah, there's a lot wrong when it comes to Clemson, and we're going to examine all of the whys as we get to the show today. But as, as far as this game goes, okay, um, the game goes into overtime, folks, and it's tied 17-all, okay? Clemson wins that game 24-10. to If not for the 14-point swing of yet again, it felt like Duke all over again of Will Shipley, never call him Christian McCaffrey, okay, of Will Shipley fumbling right on the goal line, and then the next play, Miami taking it to the house, although they fumble at the goal line. The difference is (laughs) Miami falls on Clemson's fumble, and Miami falls on Miami's fumble. I mean, it's so there's a 14-point swing right there. Minus that 14-point swing, Clemson wins 24-10, to and we're not talking about this. You know, this this first segment is about South Carolina and how the wheels have come off on uh, on Shane Beamer's season. And don't worry, Gamecock fans, don't worry. Your lashings are coming as well. Should we play the audio that you asked me to pull uh, where you said you disagreed with Josh Pate? You asked me to pull this audio. You asked me to play it on Monday oh, no. if, if it turned out that you were wrong. Oh, no. I think we have to here in the opening segment of the oh, show. No. Here we go. Josh Pate says the wrong team is favored. Josh Pate says that team is Miami. Josh Pate is wrong. And Diesel, I invite you to timestamp this at 305-21. And if I am wrong, play it on Monday. No. We should play that multiple times Uh, today. I have a feeling it's going to play multiple (laughs) times today, whether I want it to to or not. Diesel, uh, uh, look, very, very close game. Uh, But there's no excuses. And the reason why we're not like, man, that's so unfortunate, is because that's all we've heard from Clemson the entire year is how they're almost this and they're not quite that and we should be here and we're not quite there. Oh, the worst is we're four plays away from being undefeated this year. Well, you're not. You have four lot, not Clemson. I'm talking about my own team now. Fan base is saying you're four plays away from being undefeated. Uh, Well, you got four losses. Stop with this. (laughs) Stop with this. Well, three losses. It feels like eight, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely feels like eight, Diesel. Definitely feels like well, eight. Well, App State's three and four. Oh, you got four losses. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, like it, it, it's we're tired of it, folks. Like, we're tired. There was an explanation or excuse for every other outcome this season prior to Miami. Duke, the explanation was, well, Clemson should have won, but gave the game away. Florida State, well, Clemson controlled the game. But a costly fumble and missed field goal cost them. Wake Forest. The team just came out flat. No more excuses. No more stinking excuses from anybody, from any of you. Okay? This is a B-minus or C-plus team. They're an A-minus on defense. Why the minus? Because they play freshmen when other teams are playing portal guys as depth. They're playing true freshmen. So when you need to get a goal line stop late, you can't. The freshmen haven't developed the strength yet. Okay, and to say this Clemson team is a B-minus or C-plus team is an astounding admission when you consider their talent, according to the 24-7 Sports CBS Total Team Talent Composite score. Okay, well, that was ambiguous, wasn't it? The 24-7 Team Talent Composite, that's better. They're number five in America. They have top five talent in America. Phil Steele, 
has the most accurate college football magazine over the last 20 years. Said Clemson this year is making the national championship game. Says they're the number two team in America. So how are we here? We're here because Cade Klubnick plays like a reckless driver. Because the offensive line is like freaking Denny's. They're always open. And the defensive line relies on freshmen. Clemson now misses the college football playoff for the third straight season. They also miss out on achieving anything else worthwhile this year. I suppose they technically could still win 10 games. I mean, like each time Clemson loses, right, Dabo's got a new carrot, right? And it's getting old to Clemson fans. You lose one game you shouldn't have lost to Duke. Hey, everything's still in front of us. You lose two games to Florida State. Well, we can still win 10 games. And you never know what can happen. Technically speaking, Clemson could still win 10 games. But on a 4-3 and three team, do you really see them going 6-0 and oh the rest of the way? Notre Dame's on the schedule. North Carolina's on the schedule. Don't act like you're above South Carolina either. They're on the schedule. Your bowl game is on the schedule. If there is a bowl game. Folks, Dabo simply must choose. He must make a choice right now because the natives are beyond restless here, beyond restless. He must choose to either do whatever you have to do to win, to make the deals necessary with the devil to win today, or fade evermore into irrelevance. Dabo, the choice is yours. Do you guys realize that Clemson would already be eliminated from a 12-team college football playoff this year. They'd already be out. They'd already be out. Okay? Dabo needs to have a come-to-Jesus meeting with himself. (laughs) All right? And he's got to look in the mirror and realize that the way you win in 2013 is not the way you win in 2023. And he's determined to show everybody he can still do it. Look in the mirror, Dabo. Realize the change that is taking place in the college football landscape that you have stubbornly neglected directly coincides with your fall. Let me say that again for the people in the back. Dabo needs to look in the mirror and realize the changes to college football that he is neglecting have directly coincided with his fall. And if he doesn't wake up to that fact, Clemson's going to be worse than four and three. They could be gasp two and five. There's another team in this area that woke up with that record on Sunday morning. Anybody? Bueller? Fry? Anybody know who that might be? Could be worse, right? Could be worse. All right, my friends. So those are the jumping off points. Gamecock fans, you're not getting out of this scot-free. Don't worry. You're not getting out of this scot-free. You know, but, but to all the Gamecock fans who are like, Mark, all you do is badmouth us and, and kiss Clemson's backside. Are you listening right now? Are you listening right now? At all? Are you listening? Who's taking it on the kisser right now? Come on, man. Come on. I will float one positivity to Clemson and its fans, and I'll do so next. You're listening to the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You got Madcraft calling you out, calling you a Furman Homer. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I'll take it. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. Wow, Madcraft, brother. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Look, we're not too big around here to admit when we're wrong, okay? You had a lot of confidence in your boys. Your boys showed up. Your boys showed out. Let's forget about the fact that Miami under Mario Cristobal was 0-5 at home, having been outscored 37-17, to okay? Let's, let's forget about that fact for a minute, okay? If Clemson knew how to get out of its own way, that could have been a similar outcome. But, uh, my gosh, are there some real problems going on at, at Clemson right now, man? Some, some real, real, uh, real surprising issues, surprising problems to find themselves in. It's, folks, it is unfathomable to me how far Clemson has fallen. That is, com- I mean, it's just completely unfathomable to me. You know, I mean, think about where they were when I got here. Am I the bad luck charm? You know, I was accepting this position as Clemson was winning its last national championship. I was accepting this position when that was going on. First year here, they make the national championship game and they lose. That was one step back. Second year here, they make the playoff and lose. That's another step back. Third year here, they don't make the playoff. Fourth year here, they... Make the playoff. No, they miss the playoff, win the ACC. But uh, this year, they're nowhere close to any of the above. You know, I had fans saying to me today, maybe the thing for Clemson fans to do is to close their wallets. There is a time and place for that. You know, there's a time and place to stop going to the games. All right? There's a time and place, folks, when I actually believe you know, being one of the one and a half percenters that Dabo references, uh, that we got one and a half percent of the fan base that is holding us back, that is not with you all the time. I, I think there's a good time to be a one and a half percenter. And that's if, if you're sitting here at this time next year and, you know, Dabo has decided to continue to live like Groundhog Day 
supporting Einstein's definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. At that point, you've got a right to close your wallets and to go home and to stay home and to say, okay, like we're going to demand change here. And if Dabo won't change, then we're going to have to change Dabo. Okay? By a year from now, you're going to have the right to say that if changes aren't made. Because Josh Pate is saying this, and I am saying this, and others are saying this, you can't win doing things the way you did 10 years ago. There's a line in the movie Draft Day, Kevin Costner. You know, he's, he's trying to get more in a trade than he did an hour ago. And he says to the other GM, we live in a very different world than we live in that, than we had an hour ago. We live in a very different college football world than we lived in in 2013, 2016, 2018. It's a different world. And Dabo's failures directly coincide with the changes that he's not getting with. You know, baseball slide coincided with the changes in our society, us having less patience, us having less time, right? And they struggled until this new commissioner, Rob Manfred, who gets blasted, in my opinion, unfairly, had the stones to say, we need to make some changes here. We can't arrogantly do things the same way. You don't want your head coach in college football to be the newspaper. You don't want that, brother. You don't want that. Dabo, to me right now, feels like the newspaper. But I will tell you, there is, um, there is something that I want to give Clemson fans credit for. Okay? There, there is, and it's, it's very clear, and it's very evident, and it's very obvious. And it is this. All right? My timeline, Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, on social media... You know, I invite you guys to get on social media because it's how we continue the show when we're not on the air here, okay? But my timeline on Twitter or X, uh, our timeline at the Fan Upstate, my timeline at Mark Ryan on air, that's at M-A-R-C Ryan on air, um, it's filled with Clemson fans saying some version of, what the hell was that dumpster fire? The hell was that? Right? South Carolina loses. Gamecock fans want to fight. They want to fight you. They want to fight them. They want to fight everybody. Clemson loses, and they're like, we, we sucked. The, like we, you'll never get Gamecock fans to say that. They're angry. They're belligerent. They, they put up their fists. You know, they're making threats. That's what happens when South Carolina loses. Like, everything is personal. Clemson loses, and it's just like, like, Clemson is bringing the insults on themselves, and I respect that. You know, you guys, Clemson fans, have the accountability to say, we sucked. We sucked. The hell was that dumpster fire? Like, that was all over my timeline. Those people aren't looking to fight with you. They're looking to understand how they've fallen so far. Okay? Um, South Carolina fans want to fight everybody. There's no accountability. It's, it's always, yeah, but Clemson lost too, and yeah, but Mark Ryan, you're fat. <laughs> it's funny. Like, nobody that I know thinks I'm fat. South Carolina fans, they have nothing else to say. So, like, profiles that don't have a name and don't have a picture call me fat. Okay, cool. 
cool, man. But they got Bible verses in their descriptions too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, evidently that's what, very... what is what is with that? Yeah. Now, that's not to say that everybody who puts a Bible verse in their Twitter bio is a bad person. Most of you are good people. But but what is it with so many people who say the most repugnant things having Bible verses in their Twitter bios? They're fake. Fraud. They're fake phony, people. Phony. And they hide behind that. They think that that Bible verse makes them good, makes them sound, makes them whole. You know? I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you're not fooling anybody at all. Uh, let's get to some audio here. Uh, this first clip comes from Cade Klubnick. Um, and Cade Klubnick here, I think, kind of makes a fool of himself, if I'm honest with you. Now, do you guys realize there's a lot to complain about? All right, number one, Dabo did the whole 3rd and 13 draw play again, quarterback draw play on 3rd and 13. That's a brain-dead call. Number two, why the hell would anyone ever be in shotgun diesel on fourth and one yeah. at the one yard line? Why would you ever do you watch? Do you see in the NFL? Philadelphia's got an unstoppable play. It's the tush push with Jalen Hurts. Every time third and two, they're guaranteed to get it. Okay? Third and two, they're guaranteed to get the first down. Even if they don't get it on third down, they're getting it on fourth down. The play gets two or three yards every single time. Why like you okay. Guys, I'm not I'm not going to say that I'm a I'm a more brilliant offensive mind than Garrett Riley or Dabo Sweeney. I've forgotten more like they've forgotten more football than I'll ever know. But can you explain to me how a shotgun snap from inside the one yard line is a better plan than Phil Maffa under center and Phil Maffa taking the snap under center? and Phil Maffa going into the end zone with Jake Brittingstool and Will Shipley pushing him from behind? How is a shotgun snap all the way out to the five-yard line better than that idea? How is that? Like, you snap the ball to Phil Maffa under center. Who's stopping that guy with Brittingstool and Shipley pushing him from getting a yard? Dabo did the same crap at Florida State in 2014. I was watching that game. You guys know I'm a Gator. I always root against Florida State. And I'm like, okay, well, number one, why is he not starting Deshaun Watson? Number two, fourth and goal at the one, and you're shotgun snapping it to Cole Stout? Florida State's got one thing. They've got a defensive line. You're giving them five yards to break through. What are you doing? What are you doing? And then Cade said, the hell with this play call. (laughs) You're going to call this? Here's what I'm going to do instead, and let me tell you. Cade is guilty of insubordination here. Insubordination is not following an order from a superior. Cade was given the play. Cade did not have this audible for a play. There was no check on this play. The play was a direct handoff to Will Shipley. Cade pulled it, went outside. It was not a run-pass option. Now think about this, Diesel. Now on two losses this year, Clemson sent in a run-pass option Cade runs a pass play when it's supposed to be a run, and Dabo just throws his hands up and says, I I thought he would know he needs to run there. Third and one against Florida State. He throws a a pass that loses two yards. Now it's fourth and three, right? This is not an option. They've removed the option, and Cade makes it an option. And I want you to hear some of Cade's words here. There should be discipline for Cade on this. He did not have the authority to not run the play that was assigned to him. 
second overtime, fourth down. Tell me about the call and tell me about how the execution went. Yeah, um, just trying to make a play. Um, you know, if I had the play back, I might have handed it out 10 times out of 10. Um, but, you know, take full responsibility for that one. Um, learn from it and, you know, keep going. Dabo said it was, a, it was supposed to be a straight handoff. Is that fair? Yep. Did you see something that said, let me pull it to see if I can make a play out there? Or what? You know, just trying to use my instincts out there and just trying to make a play. You don't um, – okay, there's a cut. He, he doesn't have the authority to do that. He doesn't have any instincts either. I know. This is his first year as a starter. What I, instincts do you have? I had somebody come at me on Twitter about this today saying, no, dude, you think quarterbacks don't have the license to change the play? Have you seen Patrick Mahomes? Bro, you just compared the leash that Patrick Mahomes has. To Cade Klubnik. That's okay. a hell of a stretch. Good boy. There. Hope you don't pull your yeah. pull a muscle with that stretch. All right. Number two, even when Patrick Mahomes calls a check, these are checks that are previously agreed upon with his head coach. So if you get this look, you can check to that. If you get this look, you can check to that. He's got two or three things he can check to if he doesn't like what he sees. Cade had no check, hadn't earned any check. And changed the play on his own because he probably was like, the hell with this crap. I'm not doing a shotgun handoff at the one-yard line. Shotgun handoff at the one-yard line. Phil Moffa direct snap under center, okay? Take the snap under center. Phil Moffa plows forward, being pushed by Jake Brittingstool and Will Shipley. How does Clemson not score there? Come on, man. Come on, man. I believe there's a company who says it's so easy a caveman could do it. And yet Clemson couldn't. What are we doing here? What on earth are we doing here, man? It just, it like continuously doesn't make any sense, and it baffles me. And it's got to baffle you guys at this point as well. Let's get to uh, J.D., who is up next on the show. Hey, J.D., thanks for the call, man. You're off sides. Hey, guys, great show as always. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm not a Clemson or a Carolina fan, but two just mind-boggling things that I heard uh, this weekend coming out of those games. I'm going to start with Rattler first. Rattler saying in the post-game press conference that they needed to correct things, had to go back and work on things, and he said, um, we, just, uh, we just came up a little short tonight. Uh, I find it interesting that he defines a 30-12 to 12 score as, quote, just coming up a little short. Well, you shortchanged him a little uh, bit, J.D. It was 34-12. to 12. You shortchanged Missouri. No, okay. Yeah, yeah. Even more mind-boggling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, then, and then both Dabo's explanation and uh, Klubnik's ex- explanation about how that last play went. Um, again, uh, just mind-boggling, but it also, both of those statements by those quarterbacks, I believe, show you just how absolutely in disarray both of those programs are, and particularly communication um, with Clemson. Uh, it, it's no wonder that you've got a rookie, quote-unquote rookie quarterback, who looks like he is dazed and confused out there when you still seemingly have two people trying to call plays. Yeah, look, and I, I, and I get the sense, J.D., and I don't know this, buddy, but you tell me what you think. I get the sense that Garrett Riley isn't getting to use his entire playbook. 
that, you know, Dabo's having more say over this because I'm still seeing Daboisms in the playbook. And they seem to be coming out at the worst times. You know, they've got a third and 13 in the red zone, and they call a quarterback draw. You only do that if you have no trust whatsoever in your quarterback. They have no trust in Cade. You don't even go for the first down. You don't even go for the touchdown. Third and 13 quarterback draw inside the red zone. How does it make any sense, J.D.? How does shotgun How does shotgun on fourth down from the one snapping the ball all the way back to the five-yard line? How does that make any sense? Yeah, makes makes about as much sense as what the Seahawks did in the Super Bowl. Uh, it makes the it, it makes absolutely zero sense. But but I think that it has it shows you again desperate times cause desperate people to do desperate things. Yeah, and it's, it's how, how do we perform under pressure? How do, how do you behave under pressure? And it's like we're learning some weird things, man. Like there's. Yeah. You know, there's some serious choking going on in Clemson in key in key spots. And this game had that oblique feel to it the entire game once Will Shipley fumbled at the goal line. It had that, oh, my well, gosh, here they go. Then in the fourth quarter, it's 17-7 Clemson. And the feeling was, how are they going to blow it? How is this game going to be blown? Yeah. And one of the other things that it's going to absolutely set Clemson back in is recruiting. When recruits look at this and go, I really don't think I want to play for a program that looks like and acts like and proves that they are in disarray. And you have that combined with the adamant stance of Dabo not wanting to go into the transfer portal. So you get recruits walking away and you have no desire because of your philosophy to go into the transfer portal you're going to continue to see the talent level at Clemson continue to drop off the, the ledge. And unless Dabo makes those changes, J.D., you're 100% right. Thanks so much for the phone call, man. Do greatly appreciate it. Let's see what you guys are saying on the MadWorldAttractions.com text line. Uh, complete and utter embarrassment, a texter says. The epitome of this season. It feels like 2010 all over again. Now I'll be shocked if the Tigers make a bowl game. Texter says, Mark... <laughs> No reason to talk South Carolina, Mark. No reason at all. Just forget about us, please. Our number two is for you, sir. It's for you. Texter says, Mark, uh, the how they lost is Clemson is dead last in the nation in fumbles. That's right. They've lost 10 fumbles this year. But, again, that's the responsibility of C.J. Spiller, Garrett Riley, right? When Urban Meyer got to Florida, he completely shifted how running backs were carrying the ball, and high and tight became the thing. And if you didn't hold the ball high and tight, you didn't play. You didn't play. Uh, that fumble doesn't get recovered if George doesn't hustle down the field. Excellent awareness and effort, so says Madcraft. Madcraft, that's right. And you guys made the place to win. At the same time, Madcraft, you know you don't win that game without that 14-point turnover. The thing is, Miami was opportunistic and Clemson was fatalistic. And that's the difference. Texter says, sounds like Clemson has become just another chaotic ACC team. Uh, Texter says the Clemson game should not have gone into overtime. Miami clearly got a safety that wasn't even overturned on replay. That was weird. I got to be honest, that was really weird. Uh, this is the new normal for Clemson, says Jeff and Greer, leading the nation in fumbles, losing games we used to win. It's awful, and they haven't corrected it, and they haven't fixed it, and Cade himself leads the nation in fumbles. Guys, Klubnik had Gumby legs on that last run. He, Cade should be benched 
for that last run. I'm serious. He should be benched. That was not the call. You know, like he's punching above his weight to make that call. That's not his call to make. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Another guy saying, Mark, no need to talk about South Carolina. Just leave us alone, please. I've been heard enough. (laughs) Second game, Cockman, who said that. Oh, guys, you guys are the best. You cracked me up. I texted uh, Will Pelagic, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on Saturday evening, and I said, uh, Eli Drinkwitz can still go to hell, but congratulations on the win. What did he say? He said, uh, what did he say this morning? Uh, He said, he he sent me, uh, he asked me this. Uh, He said, love you. Oh, that's great. That's great. He said, "It's sometimes it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. I asked, is that Gandhi, or did you read that on a popsicle stick? <laughs> Clemson lost to a backup, a texter says, and got every call like they were the home team. Pass interference on third and 29, and for a love of God, that was a safety on Klubnik. Texter says, since Rob skipped out in the NFL, I need you to answer this question. How about them Ravens? We are getting that ring this year. Premature smaculation texture. It was one game. However, I watched that game live at the Goat Bar and Grill in downtown Greenville yesterday. Uh, we met up with some Ravens fans, and we watched the game. That was about as impressive as impressive gets. Jeff from Greer says the absence of XT, Xavier Thomas, was detrimental. I was reading that there was something involved with extortion and Xavier Thomas. Uh, he Xavier Thomas sounded like almost the victim of extortion. His absence was absolutely felt. Texture says even the Clemson Homer alumni ACC network crew knew that was a safety in the second on Klubnik. Not even the refs could save Klubnik from going rogue. Tabo finally had to throw him under the bus in his postgame press. Cade is the rogue quarterback, Diesel. He is reckless, brother. Yeah, and we have that audio of Dabo throwing Cade. He didn't throw Cade under the bus. He was just realistic about what was called. Here's Dabo. Maybe? No, it was a handoff. 100%. And we had a handoff. Just pulled it. I got no answer. I mean, He's trying to do too much, you know, and uh, so the RPO is a, it's a give, and we just didn't do it. Not what I want to hear. I want to hear there's yeah. going to be consequences for that. He he got he received a directive. He Diesel, how does that work in the military? You receive a directive, you don't follow the directive. No, you gave me this order. I think I'm going to do this one instead. What did I tell you to do? Yeah. Wow. Senior quarterbacks have the right to make that call. Wow, First-year starters don't. All right, guys, we've got uh, Jim Zoki coming your way next on um, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I hope there's a trade in the offing with the Carolina Panthers. That's next here on Offsides. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the fan upstate. Joining us as he does each and every day at this time, is one Jim Zoki of the Carolina Panthers broadcast team. Uh, always dealing with a tough season with a smile. Jim, have you considered just the combination of what's going on in our market right now? Like we've got the Carolina Panthers, the NFL team, 0-6. 
The South Carolina Gamecocks two and five, and the Clemson Tigers four and three. Please tell me, sir, this gets better sometime soon. It always gets better eventually. It may not get ready or better as soon as we'd like for it to be, but <laughs> it happens. I, yeah, I, I may have said it here before, and you guys know it anyways. But you know, I've been doing this for 29 years with the Panthers, so I've been through one and 15, and I've been through 15 and one, and. Um, you know, it, it's, it's it's we don't control that part of it. We just uh, you, you ride it out, and the thing that usually happens if it doesn't go well, changes are made, new players are brought in, things get shifted about, and, and you get better. The year the Panthers went one in fifteen, two years later they were playing in the Super Bowl with uh, John Fox and Julius Peppers, uh, drafted the year after that. So college is different, of course, with the, especially with recruiting and transfer portal and all that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it's never fun during the times when things are not going the way you want, but. Uh, you just have to kind of like earn your fan stripes uh, during that time and appreciate the, the the winning times when they're there. Jim Zoki joining us. Jim, how did the team spend its bye week? What were specific areas of focus? You know, they um, they practiced last week, uh, or mainly on Monday, honestly, and then Tuesday and Wednesday was more like a walkthrough, and then basically took a break as far as the players were concerned. I think the coaches put in a little bit more time, but you know, from that point after Wednesday off, you know, it's the one bye week during a 17 week regular season, so. Uh, it was spent, honestly, uh, giving them time off until today. Uh, they're back at it. Um, and then, um, you know, the regular week heading into this one, uh, getting ready for a home game against Houston. So I'm sure for the coaches, it provides more time to kind of self-scout and do the planning for this week's game and kind of evaluate some things overall. Uh, Coach Frank Reich did talk today, and he said he will not update any injury situations until Wednesday, and they don't have to, and that's why they'll wait until then. So that's kind of where we are right now. Jim, last week we had on J.J. Hardy of the Panthers Culture Podcast, and we were we were talking to him about Thomas Brown and the decision to hand play-calling duties off to Thomas Brown. Uh, he predicted aggression in this Carolina Panthers offense, more aggression, more aggressiveness than we've seen to this point. Uh, would you echo his sentiments? And, and, and if you can give us a little more detail on what you expect to see out of a Thomas Brown-led offense. I think, yeah, in general, that's going to be the way it goes. And I think it's been building that way. I think we saw a little bit more of that in Miami. And uh, honestly, I feel like in many ways, Bryce Young in each of his five games that he's played in has looked a little bit sharper in each one of those, a little more confident in each one of those. In the Miami game, he had three touchdown passes. So I think we see some of that. And you know, to clarify, too, you know, Thomas Brown will be the lead play caller, obviously, but it still continues to be a collaboration of, head coach Frank Reich and Josh McCown, the quarterback's coach during the week. But, you know, somebody's got to be that guy in game that makes the uh, the play decisions and so forth. But, you know, they, they do things that they practice all week. So it's not 100% all one person. It's just, you know, the shift is now clearly, you know, Thomas Brown will be the play caller with Frank Reich having collaboration in it. And it was the reverse of that prior to that. So I don't expect, you know, some full on 180 reverse of something they were doing before being completely different. I think they all, share similar sentiments about the, the general direction of where they can work with the players that they have. And honestly, the things they practiced up to this point in the season are, you know, the, the main things they'll continue to do as they unveil the playbook a little bit more each week. The Texans come to town this week, Jim. And um, I, I'm looking at this before the season. It wasn't thought that Carolina and Houston were in vastly different places, but they seem to be in different places now. Um, how do, as you study this Houston team, how are they doing what they're doing? How are the, how are they exceeding expectations in a way Carolina clearly has not been able to? 
Well, again, to me, um, short sample size, six games into a 17-game schedule, so we've evaluated on that. But you know, clearly, C.J. Stroud has had more success overall, nine touchdowns, one interception. So what they're doing with him, obviously, is working right right now. He didn't even throw an interception until his past game, I believe. So he's played very well at a high level. The record's three and three. So again, it's not like they're six and zero. Uh, but, you know, they've got a couple good backs. You know, last week it was uh, Devin Singletary more than Damian Pierce heading into their last game before the bye week. And some good young receivers who may not be, you know, brand name around everybody's household. But, you know, Nico Collins is excellent and Tank Dell. And they've got, obviously, a, a new head coach uh, this year, too, and a new aggressive attitude, I think, overall in terms of their approach of things there. So it's a young, exciting team, honestly. I mean, what they're building with there is kind of what, what you want. You want a, a young core group of players coming up together at the same time and i think they're they're in a good uh, good position right now with what they've done through this part of the season jim who do you see out there on trades possible trades that um, that you think the carolina panthers could go out and get and would make an impact for this team yeah i think you know we can only talk positionally it's hard to know like individual players but i think you know what they'd like to do is i don't think you're just going to go find like a number one receiver out there just waiting for the, the panthers to come steal them from another team so I would think they'd like to add something else to the receiver room. And uh, we will not know again until Wednesday about LaVisca Chenault, but if he's out for a while, a while, you certainly need, you know, physically you need somebody else to add in there. Terrace Marshall has been given the opportunity to seek a trade. He was talked to in the locker room today and said he's fully focused on preparing for this game. And uh, again, something may or may not happen with him moving. So there may be a need uh, again very soon uh, for you know, something more at the wide receiver position. And I think, you know, they always look at something like interior line. Obviously, Austin Corbett is very close to coming back. Might be this week at guard. Uh, I think, you know, that depth at the interior offensive guard position in particular wouldn't surprise me if they made, you know, some kind of move. And these are, again, not going to be big, splashy brand name moves necessarily, but just things to to shore up spots on the roster where they need to get a little more depth. And uh, I think they're going to get these guys back in the secondary over the next couple weeks, so maybe as soon as this week. But, uh, there was talk about, you know, is, is Dante Jackson someone they might trade? They still have eight days to make a decision on any kind of a trade like that. So we'll see if they do any kind of uh, maneuvering as far as adding to the secondary room at some point here in the next week. Could you assign a letter grade, uh, Jim, for the performance you've seen of Bryce Young so far? I mean, it's like Diesel and I talk about this. He's harder on Bryce than I am. I, I don't know how you can evaluate him with with what you've seen and with what he has or does not have at his disposal but if, if someone said, hey, grade Bryce Young's play thus far, what would you say? I just, you know, I would just looking at him say he's, he's right on track to what I would expect a, a rookie first round pick, high first round pick to be through five games. I think he's been, he's been okay. I don't think he's been great. I think he's gotten to the point where he had uh, some good moments. I wouldn't say that he's even said that he's had a, uh, you know, entirely good game. He's had, you know, a, a nice first quarter, very nice first quarter, I would say, in Miami, an excellent first quarter there. But as far as entire games, you know, probably something in the B range, not an A, um, and sometimes a C. But I mean, get, he's 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 being graded as he learns. I mean, these are his first five NFL regular season games of his life, and I think you know they're trying to win while he's learning. And I don't think he's been the the big issue as to why they're they're not winning uh, to this point. I think in a lot of ways he's done the things that are expected. I would say this, you know, there are times you know where. He's handicapped, and the offense has been handicapped because of what's going on with the offensive line. The Minnesota game is a great example. People got bored with these wide receiver screens and, and quick passes. And then in the second half of that game, after not being sacked at all in the first half, he was sacked five times as they tried to do more deeper developing pass routes. So there's only so much you can put in the vacuum in a team sport and say, 
this is what he looks like. So to me, I think he's as would be expected through five games in that if he had support of offensive line and a little bit more pizzazz in the skill position, uh, say if he had Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, we'd probably be having a little bit of a different conversation right now. Agree wholeheartedly. Agree wholeheartedly. Jim Zoki. Color analyst on the Carolina Panthers network and also the East Carolina play-by-play voice. Always great catching up with you, Jim. Have an awesome week, man. All right. Thanks, Mark. You got it. Take care. Jim Zoki of the Carolina Panthers on Twitter at the same name. J-I-M-S-Z-O-K-E is where you can follow him. Invite you to do so. Funny dude. Really funny dude. Uh, Just, I wish, you know, I wish the jokes that were made right now were not at the Carolina Panthers' expense. Only winless team in the NFL. And not even really close to getting a win. You know, like they've had one game, Diesel, where they were within three points. That was the Saints game. Okay. At the, these are the point differentials in the other games 14, 10, 8, 18, 21. It's getting close. It's getting further away. It really is. All right. The most disturbing thing I saw from the Gamecocks on Saturday wasn't even really something on the field. We'll tackle that next here on Offsides, the Fan Up State. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.